This is the Business of Apps podcast, bringing you actionable insights from the leaders of the global app industry and the world's fastest growing apps. You can find more app news, data and analysis over at businessofapps.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. On this show, we invite app industry professionals to cover various topics. We promise to do our best to keep it both insightful but brief. In this episode, we have Lexi Sido, data analyst at AppAny. Lexi, welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me. All right. Let's set the stage for the conversation first. Today, we want to do something special. We want to talk about 10 specific actions for all marketers out there. The world economy consists of so many businesses from small to big enterprise. COVID-19 pandemic has an impact on all of them. So we realize that many app marketers are having a hard time with deciding what steps to take to withstand this huge storm. So we thought inviting a data analyst from AppAny, the leading app analytics and app market data company, would be the best way to help them with an actions plan that is backed up by hard data. But before doing that, I want to start with something different. Lexi, tell us about yourself a little bit. Sure. Uh, so I'm Lexi Cito. I'm on the Market Insights team at FBNE. So I'm responsible for analyzing reporting on market trends and consumer behavior and insights on the mobile economy. So I've been in analytics for about nine years, um, and I've been working at FBNE for about half of that time. All right. By now, I'm sure many marketers may have heard that people spend the bulk of their time on mobile. This kind of anecdotal data that they may read about it in uh, online, uh, just in general as a statement, it's a blank statement. But how much time do people spend in apps today exactly? This is a fascinating question, especially to be answering right now, given the global pandemic. But basically what I'll say is if we look at 2019 to start with, globally in 2019, we saw that the average user spent three hours and 40 minutes per day on mobile. Which is a lot. <laughs> and yeah, it if is. you assume, <laughs> yeah, if you assume that we each get, say, that recommended eight hours of sleep a night, <laughs> we should us, at least, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, if we can, for, it, it might be optimistic for some. But that, if we do, that would equate to us spending 25% of our waking hours on mobile. So that's, that's pretty big. And this is an increase of 35% from two years prior. So it is definitely a trend that's growing. And within this on mobile, we generally see that 91% of the time spent globally is spent in apps versus mobile browsers. And that trend has pretty much held pretty consistently over the years. In the U.S., that was about 89%, so basically right around 90 Now, what's really interesting is what we've seen uh, during the coronavirus pandemic. So this is already a trend of increasing time spent per day on mobile. But what we've seen is it across the board increases depending on when the COVID-19 hit kind of at scale in their respective market, we've seen really strong increases on a per day level. So in China, we saw that time spent surged 30% on average per person for per user um, from the daily average in 2019, up to five hours per day during February. In mobile first markets like Indonesia, the average daily time spent per user grew from 4.7 hours on average in 2019 to five and a half in March. And so markets also like uh, Italy and Spain that have been hit particularly hard have seen 34 and 28% growth on average per user per day in March 2020 uh, versus the average of 2019. And in the U.S., for instance, we've seen 7% growth. So 
across the board, we're seeing people are turning to mobile even more right now to stay connected, informed, entertained, uh, and healthy. Yeah, these numbers are staggering. I wonder if there's any place for a desktop. Let's let's move from the time spent on apps on how much money is people spend in apps these days. Absolutely. So yes, time spent is particularly useful when um, alongside kind of that total reach for establishing mobile's worth to kind of uh, advertisers and marketers. But consumer spend is also extremely important. It's an indication of both a large um, and engaged audience that's not just spending time in apps, but is actively driving value from those apps they're using and paying for that value through in-app purchases or subscriptions. Um, so like when you sign up for your favorite running app or meditation app, for instance. So consumer spend is a really important indicator of value to communicate, especially to um, your C-suite if you're, if you're trying to illustrate the value of mobile. And it, it's a good way for showing why your brand, whether your brand is has an app or not, but why they should be marketing on mobile. So in 2019, we saw $120 billion in consumer spend through the app stores, which was up 110% from 2016. And this figure, that $120 billion, is double the global box office industry to give you a sense of that scale. So it's really, it's really important whether you're running branding campaigns or driving direct traffic to an app. Mobile offers an engaged audience um, that's really a gold mine for marketing campaigns and opens the door for um, pretty much unrivaled personalization and relevance. So now we know the amount of time people spend in apps and uh, how much money people spend in apps. But there's one more way for brands to generate revenue in on mobile on top of in-app purchasing and subscription, which is advertising. So the question is, how much money are spent on uh, advertising in uh, mobile apps uh, today? Absolutely. Advertising is a really prominent way to monetize if you're an app publisher. A third way, in addition to uh, through the app stores and then in-app ads, would be mobile commerce, where like Uber and Amazon, if you're transacting directly with a credit card to exactly. Uber or Amazon. But in-app ads is by far a, a massive opportunity as well. So we really see that in-app ads are a great way to shift the burden of cost from the consumer to the advertiser and their popular forms of monetization in markets uh, like emerging markets where there's lower propensity to spend. So this is a great resource for uh, in-app ads are actually, you know, they're a great resource for advertisers looking to capture a bit of that attention from that big audience. I and mean, in 2019, we saw $190 billion were spent through in-app ads on mobile. And we expect this to grow 26% to $240 billion this year in 2020. And then that's based, you know, that's also dollars migrating from traditional forms of ads as well as desktop. So other forms of digital migrating to mobile as people realize the power and the scale and, and that kind of reach that it offers. All right. So moving along, I'm uh, doing the case for marketers why mobile is the right channel for them to join. Let's focus their attention on the most kinetic, the most effective marketing channel they should be focused on. So what works the best in terms of marketing channels today? Absolutely. Within mobile, it's important to leverage you know, both mobile web as well as mobile apps. As I mentioned before, about 90% of our time spent in apps. When apps offer that greater engagement and greater personalization. And if you're leveraging ads or even forms of organic marketing content, Video would be a really important asset that should be in your strategy. So video ads can really help you cut through that noise um, and really meaningfully engage users. 
Uh, so we took a look at uh, one of the prominent ad networks in the U.S., and we saw that video share of total ads increased from 26% in December 2017 to 63% in December 2019. And that's pretty big. So people are realizing the power that video ads have for engaging consumers. And it's lots in line with uh, video streaming in general has increased significantly on mobile. So globally, consumers have spent 50% more sessions and entertainment apps in 2019 than they did two years prior. So it is a really important medium that you should be considering for your ads and for your marketing strategy on mobile. And if you are using video ads, it's really important. A couple of tips would be to have both portrait and landscape orientation so that uh, your ad can slot into how the user is holding their phone. So maybe that's landscape if they're playing a game, but maybe it's portrait if they're in an app like Instagram or TikTok. And so then also you want to make sure that you're considering creating content specifically for mobile, video content specific. So that typically has shorter formats and that content that also supports viewing without sound versus repurposing some of the content you might have for other other mediums. So that's really important to consider. Is And also the subject matter of the videos, depending on your branding, oftentimes user-generated content or content that feels a bit more user-generated tends to resonate nicely on mobile. Awesome. Just one more tip on top of that, which is uh, think about it this way. We just mentioned the amount of time people spend on mobile, which is uh, three hours, 40 minutes. And a big portion of that time is spent with the media, with video. People are streaming movies from Amazon Prime or Netflix. People are watching the short videos on TikTok. This is the medium that people is gravitating to more and more. So this is, this is how they spend a big part of that three hours, 30 minutes daily. So naturally, this is where you can reach out your audience using video advertising. Now, it's true for web and it is as uh, much true for mobile keywords is how people are connected with products and services. You know, Google has been an officially recognized as a verb for uh, as a synonym for search for a while. So what tools or ad marketing techniques would you suggest app marketers uh, use to deal with competition when they go to new market and their established players? What tool they should use to compete with these folks? Absolutely. Yes, keywords are incredibly important. About 65% of app store downloads on iOS come from keyword searches. So that's a really important part of any app's user acquisition strategy. So you can leverage tools like Mappiani has one called Keyword Spy uh, that allows you to sort of see into your competitor's strategy. So are they focusing on app features in their keywords like ease of payment, such as Uber ranking for the keyword Apple Pay? That could signal to a competitor like Lyft that they should be, that maybe that's important to users. And if it's not a feature that Lyft has, if that's something to consider or to potentially try to leverage traffic off of that keyword as well. Another option is, are they, are they trying to capture industry demand? So such as Lyft ranking for the keyword yellow cab. So this also kind of like alerts you to opportunities that you might want to capitalize on or regain traffic back from a competitor. It just gives you a window into their strategy and helps you be more offensive and, and defensive. So for instance, as well, it, you can leverage these tools um, to alert you to kind of their offensive traffic and, and uh, tactics. So for instance, what we've seen from our competitor keyword analysis tool, we've seen that, for instance, DoorDash ranks number two for the branded keyword 
Grubhub. So that's pretty meaningful to Grubhub because branded traffic is incredibly valuable as it represents really high intent traffic that's mm-hmm. likely to convert to a download. So in this case, Grubhub could consider leveraging paid search ads on DoorDash, kind of a defensive move to make up for their loss, uh, potential loss in audience from DoorDash likely fitting on their keyword. Gotcha. Now, just like on desktop, uh, there are native and paid search. So on, on mobile as well. So you, you know that on Google, you always look through the search results that are native. This is what you're uh, seeing uh, as the result of your uh, um, keyword inquiry. And the paid search, basically other set of sites that are suggested to you based on the same keyword you've just used to search for something. The same picture was transferred to mobile years ago. And it's important to understand what uh, tools or techniques uh, you can use to be effective in your app marketing campaigns, given there is both type of search on mobile as well. So what tactic, what tactics would you suggest marketers should use to increase traffic using specifically paid search? Oh, absolutely. Paid search um, is, is really uh, can provide a lot of value. And paid search ads allow basically an app to rank first for a keyword, kind of above the organic ranking. Um, and that's pretty prime real estate for apps when you're thinking about someone searching and clicking through to download your app. So this could be you could be bidding for generic keywords like travel or, for instance, branded keywords like Orbit. Um, like a specific company. So it's really important to leverage this as a tool to equip you to get a better understanding of which apps are bidding on your target keywords. And that could be, you could get an indication of which brands are driving up the price (laughs) potentially Mm -hmm. or taking over share of voice for that keyword because every search that translates to traffic to a competitor app is a download that your app loses out on. So for instance, if you see share of voice going up for a competitor on the keyword travel from paid search ad, and that is one of your target keywords, you can then be empowered to act offensively to advertise on potentially that competitor's branded keyword to win back audience, or even just on the keyword travel. You might try to, or you might try to diversify with similar keywords that could give you a similar share of voice without um, spending as much if they're driving up the price. So that ultimately helps you make smarter decisions with a better ROI. Right. And just uh, want to add that you have to be, um, the question, should you use paid search or go uh, native only has been for years for the app marketing marketers to ponder about. And the answer I hear more and more for a number of years now, which is you have to use both. There is no exactly. way you can be, you can be effective uh, in driving um, app instances for your app. If you only rely on native search, no matter how good you're in the app store optimization, there's always a potential to use paid search, which will help you to drive more people and it will feed your search engine optimization techniques. Like these are basically like, you know, right and left hand in your app marketing approach. Now let's talk about user acquisition, uh, which uh, I think I would characterize as an art based on hard data and lots of experimenting. Do you have any tips for UA campaigns marketers that they should know about? I definitely agree with that, uh, with your characterization of um, an art based on hard data and experimentation, 100%. So I think some tips I'd have are you need a suite of creatives to do exactly that experimentation piece, to be testing across multiple you know, personas as well as formats. And that's really key to having those successful ads that uh, really help drive those installs. 
And I think also you need to engage in both kind of those steady drift campaigns, those that last uh, longer durations of time, you know, sometimes it's a year, a year plus. Um, and they're typically, you know, more branding focused. And then also leveraging short um, burst campaigns to kind of infuse new branding, a new ad formats, highlight new features and have those infused into the market. Those type of short campaigns are often going to be more targeted to specific events. Uh, we saw a lot of burst campaigns for the World Cup. And we expect to see that for other timely events like that. And for instance, you know, Instagram recently diversified its ad strategy using 99 creatives across, you know, those two different types of campaigns, long drip campaigns and uh, short burst campaigns. Yeah, this is what it takes when you compete with TikTok, not to lose your <laughs> dominance. All right. One of the basic notions of um, app marketing is an app install. So if you think about web, it's like a website visit on a desktop. It's the unit that people are measuring their um, app marketing success. How many app installs your app has gotten for a certain period of time? This is the way how you, you increase your app user base. And this is how you increase your audience, how you're uh, ultimately be able to monetize your app business better. It's just obvious. The more installs you have, the more money you generate. And obviously, it's not, it's all, not only about the number of installs, but how well you can retain these people and uh, what are your efforts to make them your loyal customers so they will not leave you. But this whole picture starts with an app install. So is there a way to monitor a performance in terms of downloads and compare it with other apps? Uh, like, a, for instance, you would do on the desktop uh, for websites using uh, traffic analytics tools like uh, Google Analytics, for instance. Absolutely. Uh, being able to monitor downloads of, of your peer group, as well as you know, outside of your peer group for any potential new entrants. But, but doing that in a quick and easy way is pretty critical to making sure that you're monitoring your competitive set and understanding kind of the demand that the market is telling you, essentially, with downloads being a measure of that demand. So I find that I do this a lot personally when I'm analyzing data on mobile apps for specific sectors I'm monitoring. So for instance, I'll look at Target versus Walmart versus Amazon versus uh, Best Buy and a couple other players during the holiday season, during Black Friday. So I have kind of a group of apps that I monitor closely to see how things are changing throughout that time. And that's really valuable. And being able to do that really quickly is incredibly powerful. We saw this pan out in a big way with Hulu and HBO Now uh, during the Game of Thrones season finale premiere. So naturally, you'd expect HBO Now to see a sizable bump in downloads, both probably paid and organic. And we actually saw that Hulu was able to piggyback on that demand um, mm. generated at the launch through some paid and organic strategies and also saw a similar sizable lift around the same time of, as the Game of Thrones premiere for the final season. And that led to a sizable bump. But it also, they were actually able to sustain that lift uh, for weeks after as well. So being able to see this, if you're HBO, it could alert you to act Again, some sort of, you know, trying to leverage strategically in your ASO strategy or your paid search ad strategy, ways to recapture some of that traffic that might be being eyed by competitors during that time. So that was sort of one of those trends that if you hadn't seen them side by side, it might not be as clear what was going on. But being able to view them in one sort of place allowed us to see a really interesting tactic that was quite strategic from Hulu. I hope HBO folks are listening to us right now because <laughs> uh, I'm a big <laughs> fan of Westworld and I do wish them well on the market. 
All right, so let's complete this set of 10 suggestions, and this will be about social media. We know that there's a, I think I can say the world of influencers right now. At this point, uh, so many people have managed to gather a lot of attention and trust for lots of followers who just uh, admire and uh, pay, really pay attention to what the certain people on social media have to say. Uh, and how can the app marketer uh, can leverage this? Uh, what would be the social media tips you can give for um, app marketers? Absolutely. Social media apps are, are incredibly important. Actually, in 2019, we've seen 50% of the time that we are spending on our mobile devices were in, um, it was in social and comms apps. And this was up 25% from two years prior. Uh, the total time was up 25% from two years prior. And so social apps tend to be, to have, uh, they tend to have incredible engagement and can mm-hmm. be a really powerful tool to drive awareness, um, as well as app downloads, especially when you couple that with promotions. And so that's what we've seen happen with apps. Um, one example is Cash App. They leverage Twitter and Instagram uh, to put out kind of an opportunity to win sort of $100, $250, or $500 of a $20,000 pool. You just have to retweet and sh- or share that, reshare that post with their Cash ID and tag friends to be eligible. So that's that virality that social has. That enables you to leverage your, your immediate network and put it out to kind of have those ripple effects. And, and they've seen a surges in downloads from that. So the idea being you show your cash ID. And if your friend is, does not have the app downloaded, they download so they can participate in this competition or this promotion. Um, so that's a really strategic way. Um, social media is a great opportunity to leverage um, promotions, timely promotions like this. And then actually, they've done this a few times with Cash App, so it can be a bit more of a reoccurring a promotional period. Um, but it's also important to notice to note that after a promotion like this, if you're giving away a free sandwich for a fast food place or a free drink um, or opportunity to win cash, um, it's also really important to monitor after um, leverage your mobile data to monitor the promotional period um, and critical metrics like retention to ensure that the customers stick around after the period of promotion ends. Right, right. This, this is really uh, awesome suggestions. Social media influencers are really a great channel to drive more downloads because it's about authenticity. The way you get more downloads is when uh, a specific influencer uh, reach out his audience and suggest an app. And the good practice for uh, influencers in social media is that it's always about authentic interest in an app. Uh, it's about trust. So. And your job is to make sure you can actually measure the impact you're getting from this uh, effort and uh, leverage this effect afterwards once the uh, social media campaign is done. All right, that was the set of 10 uh, suggestions we want to give marketers out there to, to be productive, to be effective today with their um, effort to increase the number of clients they have for their brand the number of loyal clients they have for the brand to, to keep growing. And now there's uh, just a few questions, kind of funny questions I have for you personally uh, to wrap this up. Are you iOS or Android person? Ooh, I'm actually both. <laughs> I use wow. Android for work. Is it possible? Um, and I, yeah, I really, I do really like them both. I, yeah, I use Android for work, especially I had a Pixel uh, that I really liked. And mm-hmm. I use iOS for personal, but mostly because I live overseas from my family. Um, so it's 
a lot of them use iMessage. So it's more just, it's mostly just to keep up with them using some of the the native apps that come with it that they also use. <laughs> so I use yeah. both and I like them both. <laughs> gotcha. Both worlds. Now let's go way back in time. Can you remember your first mobile phone? I can. I don't remember what the model or the name was, but it was a Nokia phone that had light up sides. <laughs> um, and then after that, I think I got a Motorola Razor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The famous uh, smart <laughs> flip phone from the Matrix. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite app now, obviously, and why? Okay. This one's very hard. I am going to cheat and I have three. <laughs> Spotify, I would say is probably one of my most used and one of my favorite because I love the playlists. I feel like I've been curating playlists since oof, like 2011. <laughs> and then I also love the podcast. That's been my latest sort of on repeat, just various podcasts. Nike Run Club is also, that's been a longtime favorite of mine. I've used that um, as well for years. And then my most recent um, new favorite app is House Party. I've used it for kind of conference calling to my family, which is back in America. And especially right now, given there's not really any travel happening globally, and they have games as well that you can kind of add in for the people on the call to play. So that's been a kind of a fun addition to our family calls. <laughs> so those would be my three right now. Great. Before I let you go, how can people get to know more about what App Annie does? Absolutely. So um, you can head over to appannie.com. Um, you can sign up for a free account. If you want to give it a try today, you can contact us if you're curious about some of the more advanced features I spoke about today. Um, or you can browse through some of our latest insights and reports and mobile marketing playbooks, which are available at appannie.com slash insights. Fantastic. Uh, thanks a lot for your time and coming on our podcast, Lexi. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Bye-bye. And that was Lexi Sirio, Data Analyst at App Annie. To listen to more episodes, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Just search for Business of Apps and you will find us easily. Once you subscribe, you'll be able to get new episodes on your smartphone, tablet, or computer as soon as we release them. And please don't forget to leave us a review and comment. It is highly appreciated. And all episodes were also available on businessofapps.com. Till the next time, bye. Thank you for listening to the Business of Apps podcast. For more, head on over to businessofapps.com.